Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of I Have You Now, the quick and dirty Star Wars podcast. This is Jack of Hearts from the forums, and today we are reviewing the third force pack of the Rogue Squadron cycle, Evasive Maneuvers, the hump pack, if you will. Let's get going. I begin with the new Jedi pod hidden from the Empire. Uh, so there's been a lot of like, oh no, the sky is falling! Jedi are so strong and everything! And as I discuss each card in the set, I will explain why I do not think that is the case. Let's begin with Hidden from the Empire. Uh, Hidden from the Empire is the objective. It reads, Jedi affiliation only. While this objective is undamaged, a player cannot play units while he controls more units than each opponent. Now indeed, this card is not great for the TIE Fighter Swarm decks that have just started becoming popular, but it's not a big imposition for something like Sith. Jedi has a lot of ways to get around it and bring out units, but all that means is that any other deck is then going to be able to bring out that many units plus one on the following turn. It's also while undamaged, so it's probably only going to affect the first or second turn of the game if it's that important for your deck, especially if it's a TIE Fighter deck. Vima de Boba is the first character in this pod and the main. She is four cost. She has one black unit, one black objective, and one black tactics damage, and her text is shielding. Reaction. After an opponent spends four or more resources to play a unit, put this unit into play from your hand. Now, here's the thing about Vima de Boba. Holding cards in your hand in this game is bad. If this were a magic card or a Game of Thrones card, it would be superb. But it's a Star Wars card. And that means holding her in your hand and not playing her is one less card you're drawing every turn. She only has two force pips, so she's not that great in force struggle, certainly not great for a main. And at four cost, she's expensive for what she does. Sure, she's the same price as Saris, but we all agree that Saris is bad. And and if you just look at her strict text on the board, she doesn't have the huge board presence that a lot of other mains have. If you're putting her in your deck, you're taking out some other pod that has low objective damage. That means she's replacing Guardians, or she's replacing Jubba Birds. And that's not a great trade-off. If you compare what she can do to the board state versus Jabavers or Guardians, it's just another unit. And certainly compared to a main like Luke or Yoda, she falls f- short. Undercover Urchin is the next card in this pack. Two cost, one black unit damage, one health, uh, relevant text, action. If you have two or more cards in your discard pile, focus this unit to have your opponent choose a card in your discard pile. Return that card to your hand. Now, I have a soft spot in my heart for this card because it reminds me of my beloved Street Waifs from Game of Thrones. Um, but unlike in Game of Thrones, this card is is not as powerful because um, in Game of Thrones you construct your deck, every card is a card you wanted in your deck. In Star Wars, it's objective-based, which means that there's there's crap. There's crap in your deck. This is, in my experience, it returns a Yoda you seek Yoda or a, a unuseful life creates it, and it doesn't get you like the actual cards that you want from your discard pile. It's fine, but it's not game-breaking yet, until we get some decent discard pile manipulation, and then it'll be broken, just like what happened in Game of Thrones. Hidden in the Shadows, we have two of this enhancement, and it reads, Enhance a friendly character unit. Enhanced unit cannot be targeted by enemy events. Now this is very strong, because in the last pack we got the Survivors, which protects our big Jedi units from unit damage. In this pack, we get Hidden in the Shadows, which protects our big Jedi units from events. Um, now, the, the cool thing about this is it protects against the, like, the biggest threat to Jedi units, which is Force Lightning and Force Choke. That's great. But it doesn't protect against some of the newer threats that have come out. In particular, um, I'm looking at uh, Zekathine. Zekathine laughs at Hidden in the Shadows and says, you die anyway. 
They're good. They're strong. They're certainly excellent for Core Yoda and for um, Shadows Luke. But, again, since there's two of them in the pack, I really don't think you want four. So running two Vimas is probably not that good an idea. Finally, Harassment, or Harassment, since I'm looking at an Imperial officer. Uh, Zero-cost event. A reaction after your opponent's deployment phase begins. Increase the cost of the first unit that opponent plays this phase by one. Limit one per phase. This is this is good. It, it, it removes a resource from your opponent's pool if they're planning on playing a unit. It's not game-breaking. It might screw up somebody's plans for one turn, but that sort of seems to be the theme of, of both the objective and this card. You can screw up your opponent's stuff for one turn. I'm not 100% convinced that it's game-breaking. I'd give, this, I'd give this pot a 3 out of 5, and in a field dominated by um, solid Jedi 5 out of 5s, I'm not convinced we're going to be seeing it certainly as a 2 of, and possibly even as a 1 of. It certainly doesn't slot into the um, hyper-aggressive Jedi tempo decks that have been dominating the field, but there might be some sort of slower-paced, controlly Yoda shield nanigans deck that it serves well in, but I don't see it fundamentally altering the playing field. Alright, that's it for Hidden from the Empire. Let's move on to the Rebel Pod, Command and Control. The relevant text of Command and Control is Increase your reserve value by one for each objective in your victory pile. I find this to be very exciting. This is our first light side manipulation of the reserve value. Drawing extra cards for Rebels has always been a good thing because of like defensive you have in four, you can discard. It's more units on the board and still being able to win edge battles. I heartily approve of anything that helps Rebels in the late game. Independence. Four cost, one black unit, one black objective, two white objective, a resource, and text is shielding. Reduce the cost to play each other friendly capital ship by one. I like this unit a lot. At four cost, with shielding and three objective damage, it's very strong. It's it's probably going to survive and at least do a single objective damage to your opponent. And if you win the edge battle, it's a serious blow to that objective. Um, It's perfectly costed at four. And the resource is the only part of it that I'm sort of met about in that I don't know that I'd ever want to focus this for one resource. But it's useful, it's an, it's an option, and I'd certainly still pay four for it with the rest of its text. Corellian Corvette, cost four, black unit, and two black objective damage. Reaction, after this unit enters play, each friendly player draws one card. So here's my problem with the Corellian Corvettes. It's actually the same problem I have with all of those Star Destroyers hanging out in Imperial Navy. It's that this unit is taking into account the cost reduction in the set. At three cost, this is a very decent, maybe even a strong unit. At four cost, it's too expensive. And most of the time, you're not going to have Liberty out on the board to reduce its cost. I think having two of these in the set is a real problem because you've suddenly got three four cost units per objective set. It wants you to run two because you want Liberty on the board to reduce the cost, but once you're running two, that's six four-cost units, four of which aren't worth four. They're fine. They're not my favorites. I don't think, and it's because of these two that I don't think this becomes a two-of pod in most Rebel decks. This next card, though, is super exciting. Resupply Depot. Zero-cost enhancement. Enhance your play area. Action. Focus this enhancement and discard a card from your hand to have a target vehicle unit gain one combat icon of your choice until the end of the phase. That last part is really important because Rebels have more and more been seeing ways to remove focus tokens from their units. Between uh, Hoth Wedge Antilles and um, the new Rogue Squadron X-Wings, 
we have all of these ways to see not only this one time it's probably going to be a tactics icon. Let's be let's be clear on that, right? Getting to use that tactics icon multiple times in a turn. This one also means if you give an objective damage to a rogue squadron X-Wing and it's unopposed and you have a pilot, which is a lot of ifs, I admit. But that's still a one-shot, one attack to an objective. And that's a very strong thing. Resupply Depot is, if you wanted to play two of these, the reason to do it. Because it's gonna, it's gonna fundamentally change the way rebel vehicles work by giving access to any, access to tactics icons to any of them. Supporting Fire. So this is obviously meant to be the Rebel multiplayer set from this cycle. Uh, supporting Fire, target-friendly player may place one non-fate card from his hand into your edge stack. So in 1v1, which is mostly what I'm talking about, it's solid because it lets you hold something back and then put it in if you need it. My problem with it, I think it's actually at its weakest in Rebel, because Rebel tends to have lower force icons than any other faction. So for the most part, you're only putting in something with one or two force icons. In Jedi, it's huge, because you can hold back your Yoda and then throw Yoda down for five. But in Rebel, at most, you're putting in something like Leia or, or maybe Outrider if you're doing the Rebel into Smuggler Vehicle deck. But even then, those are units you want on the board. I'm not super convinced about supporting Fire and Rebel. It's fine, but it's not as good as it is out of some of the other factions. Moving on to the Sith pod, the questioning. Sith affiliation only, reaction. After one of your card effects discards one or more cards from an opponent's hand, remove one focus token from an objective you control. Ah, <sighs> meh. In reality, what this ends up looking like is a cost reduction on discard effects, right? Like, if you, you have to be able to pay the full cost, and then you'll get a rebate. Um, we have so few cards that discard right now. So we're basically looking at the interrogation droids and interrogation, pretty much. And the cards in this pack. But those cards don't discard as soon as they come into play. For the most part, they're going to be giving you resources on your opponent's turn, which, while okay isn't that exciting. The objective is not one I would want to pick out of Sith. Pretty much any other of the strong Sith objectives are something I'd rather see on the board. Antinus Tremaine is our next card. Four cost, one black unit, one black tactics, one white unit, elite, reaction. After this unit is declared as an attacker or defender, discard one or two cards at random from your opponent's hand. Then he draws that many cards. First of all, I want to say it's... Just so wonderful to have one of the side characters from the Star Wars Adventure Journals finally make its appearance in this game. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding here, as I, I consider myself fairly well-versed in the Star Wars universe, and uh, I had never even heard of the Star Wars Adventure Journals until I looked up this character. Uh, clearly, between him and Plato Keefe in the next adventure pack, there's somebody who very fervently loved those journals back in when they were a child that is now working on this game and is uh, very excited to have Antinus Tremaine be part of the game. That being said, um, what the card does is actually, in playtesting, a little bit better than I expected it to be. What it basically means is that your opponent cannot rely on their hand coming into it. Sure, they're still going to have the same number of cards, but I had an opponent like get forced to discard his Stay on Target and his Twist of Fate, which caused his, t his combat to be a very different combat than the one he had intended. It's fine. It's not great. He is three Force Pips, he is elite, he's going to be a good Force Holder and a Defender with his tactics. But, he's only okay. Two Imperial Enforcers. Two cost, one black objective, one white unit, and two health. They're troopers! 
and that's about all that can be said for them. Perhaps there's a space for this pod in a trooper deck, in that troopers don't have tactics icons, and Antinous Tremaine will give them that, and these guys have a black objective damage, and there's two of them. But the problem is, in any other kind of deck that renders this pod very lackluster, they're not something Sith needs, certainly not if they want to sit back and hold the force and punish the light side player, they're, they're sad, and they make me sad that they're in here, because otherwise this could have been, like, if these were, like, Imperial probe droids, like, uh, another version of the interrogation droid or something, this could have been a really exciting pack, and they really bring down the usefulness level of this pod. Citadel Inquisitorius is the next pod. It's a three-cost enhancement with one resource, enhancer play area, action. During the force phase, focus this enhancement to discard one card at random from an opponent's hand. This this one, I just, I don't know what the intention is. It doesn't seem to be very good. It prevents your opponent from holding cards, but in, in my experience, that means they just play the cards they wanted to play anyway, and then use their other good cards in edge battles, which is not great for you. Holding cards in this game is bad. Therefore, punishing your opponent for holding cards is punishing them for something they already don't want to be doing. And at three cost with only one resource... It doesn't even really count as a resource, because you, you're you slowing down your first or second turn immensely just to play this thing. You're probably not going to use it for its ability, and it's not great. It's just not great. I want it to be great. It's got an interesting ability that we haven't seen elsewhere in this game, but in playtesting it just doesn't work. Put to the question is the next card. Zero cost event. Interrupt. When an enhancement you control or a unit you control with one or more enhancements on it is targeted by an effect, cancel that effect. Yay, the dark side event cancel that we always wanted. And it's super restrictive and doesn't cancel the events we actually want to cancel. We can, you know, we can uh, we can cancel, uh, I guess, lightsaber deflection. That's nice. We can cancel what else? Uh, Jedi mind trick, the always ever played Jedi mind trick. There's not a lot of things. Rebel Assault. Rebel Assault, is, it would, it's nice to be able to use this to prevent your Mara Jade from being killed. But that's literally the only thing I can think of this being terribly useful for. Maybe we're going to be seeing some more good Sith enhancements in the near future. We're going to be seeing more lightsabers on Dark Jedi. Maybe. But right now, we finally get some event cancel, and it's very blah. This, this pod, man. This pod, I gotta give it... I, I can't give it more than two stars. It, it seems like it's very focused on doing something that it's not very good at doing and that doesn't support any other Sith strategies. I was really hoping to see something that would, you know, shake up the game for Sith so that it could be stronger against Jedi. This one doesn't do it. Um, maybe it'll combo with something that's coming later. We don't know very much about what other Sith stuff is coming out, but right now, solid thumbs down. However, this next pod is the one that has me the most excited and finally has me with what I think is a competitive TIE Fighter deck. Of course, I'm talking about the Imperial Navy pod training procedures. Text. Imperial Navy affiliation only. Action. Spend one resource to move a friendly pilot enhancement to another eligible vehicle unit you control. So first of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room here, Imperial Navy affiliation only. Yes, this sucks for mostly Imperial Navy decks that are then splashing uh, Sith to in order to grab a few of the Black Squadron things. It changes the way that those decks are being built, and that's sad. However, I have found building a mostly Sith tie deck, flashing into Navy has worked, grabbing this and Empire's Elite. And I'll discuss that more a little further as we get into the pod. 
Um, the the ability of the objective is fine. Moving around pilots is kind of cool, but it's uh, it's not necessarily like the winning ability for pilots. The next two cards in this pack are the two adorable little academy pilots. One cost, one white objective damage, pilot zero, and no other text. Um, it's nice that they're pilot zero. It's nice that they can just come out onto any vehicle that you want to play them on. However, they don't do very much elsewhere. They, I guess they give you one pip on the um, 181st interceptors, and they'll activate black two. They're fine, but they're not, they're not, you know, they're certainly not as exciting as every other pilot that we've seen. The next card is the exciting, super playable card in this pod, and that is TIE Fighter Patrol. Two cost, one black unit, one white objective, two health. While this unit is piloted, it gains the combat icons of its attached pilot enhancement. This is awesome. This fundamentally changes the way that pilots get played. Um, one of the two times I played the deck that I had built, I played Merrick Steel onto one of these guys. Suddenly, these guys deal six unit damage and four objective damage if what they're striking is focused. That's huge. That's, you know, that, that is a huge, huge deal. With Baron Fell, they get a tactics icon. Uh, even with their little academy pilots, they get an extra, um, they get an extra white objective damage. That's pretty cool. I, I, I'm a big fan of these guys. The last card in this pack is the Koyagran turn. Uh, zero cost interrupt when a friendly vehicle unit is targeted by an enemy card effect. Your opponent must choose a different eligible target instead, if able. Oh my goodness, it's Punch It, which was never terribly useful, but now it's Imperial Navy. The I actually think this one, as much as I just made fun of it, is more useful, if only because of that second force pip on the card. With a second force pip, it's a much more palatable thing to throw into edge battles if it's not immediately useful. It's something you can use to win edge, and if it comes up in that turn that it's useful, you can use it and not have to worry about it. Um, overall, this is a 4.5 or 5-star Navy pod. It, it really makes TIE Fighters work, in my opinion, especially in a little bit when we're going to have Imperial Vader, who's obviously going to add a ton of icons to this thing if he's piloting it. Um, this is really great design. It's really strong, and I think we're going to be seeing it a lot in both Mono Navy and Sith into Navy TIE Fighter decks. The last objective in this pack is the scum objective, the Eater of Luck. Reaction. After you lose an edge battle as the attacker, capture the top card of each opponent's deck at this objective. So, obviously this is intended to be a multiplayer pod, um, in 1v1, it's okay. You can capture some stuff semi-reliably. We've, we've got other ways to semi-reliably capture stuff. I haven't tested it yet, but maybe there's a Slave Trade, Tatooine Crash, Eater of Luck, Mill deck now. The problem is, all of that stuff is objective-based. So you can't really rely that you'll see even one of them. But it's a way to capture cards. Might be good with the uh, Edge of Darkness Slave 1, but uh, I cannot heartily recommend it. Danic Jericho. Three cost, one white unit, one white objective, one white tactics. While this unit is attacking, resolve edge-enabled icons on friendly units as if you had the edge. First of all, super excited to see a Tales from Jabba's Palace character in the game. I know that makes me a hypocrite for making fun of the Adventure Journals earlier. I'm still happy to have the Snot Vampire from Jabba's Palace in this game. Um, let's talk about the ability. So first of all, it's a really, it's a pretty strong ability. It, may, it means that you might not care so much about edge battles. The problem is, right now, you're probably attacking into some strong um, Jedi or or smuggler unit with tactics icons. 
which means that he's he's just going to get focused out. And if they've got a lot of unit damage, they're probably going to kill him. And if they kill him, his ability turns off, which means it doesn't help the rest of the guys you have attacking. I'm really not convinced with Danic Jericho. I really want to be. I'm like very prejudiced towards hoping he'll work. But sadly, I, I just don't see it for him. Uh, he might be a useful one-of in a toolboxy kit, but but the rest of the stuff in the pod doesn't support like cool instant one effects. So speaking of the rest of the pod, let's move on to the Advo's Mercenary. Uh, two cost, one black objective damage, one health. Uh, while this unit is attacking, it gains a white unit damage for each other attacking unit. It just it wants a bunch of guys attacking. It's only going to do one objective damage. While this unit is attacking, it gains a white unit damage for each other attacking unit. So, like, uh, for each other attacking unit. So, for this to be really, like, a well-costed card, you need to be attacking with two other units, I guess? Which, then, if it has to strike first, because if one of those other units is killed, or it's killed, obviously it's not doing anything, but if one of those other units is killed, then its, its usefulness goes down even further. Uh, maybe if it had two health, but, like, if you compare this to other two costs we've been seeing, like the uh, the Interceptors and Baron Fells pod, or the Speeder Bikes, or or any of the other two cost units we've been seeing recently, the, the Rogue Squadron X-Wings, this does not match up. This is not as good as any of those things. And there's two of them. This instantly makes this pod no more than a one-of if it even shows its face in a deck. Calculated wager. Zero cost, two force pips. Reaction. It's an event. Reaction. After you lose an edge battle, return one card in an edge stack to its owner's hand. Now that's pretty cool, because you can go big with your Shizor or something like that, and then pull it back if you don't win the edge battle. That's pretty cool. It's a cool trick. It's right in line with Scum manipulating the edge battle in a weird and funky way. Um, worth running the pod? I don't think so. Um... I, I think it's going to be a bit like Punch It and Koya Grand Turn, where it's like, okay, well, maybe, someday, it might be useful in the right circumstance, but usually it's not going to be. Finally, Supporting Fire. I like Supporting Fire and Scum. It's got a couple of cards that are like Relentless Pursuit that are good for holding back for edge battles. You can hold it to have those those three Force Pips if you need it in a later fight this turn, or as a defender, and then... Um, and then if you need it, throw it in to win this edge battle. I like supporting Fire to Scum much more than I like it at a Rebel. That's it for the third episode of I Have You Now. Very excited about the next pack. This one was sort of humdrum in comparison to the very exciting cards we're going to be seeing in just a few weeks, hopefully. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, and thoughts on the message board. And uh, I look forward to reviewing the next pack as it comes out. Have a lovely day. May the Force be with you.